And good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Well, tonight it's going to be Get Real with Rick Dancer and Bill London. Bill London's going to be here live in just a second. But I wanted to just to let I just wanted to vent a little bit on something that happened today. And I'm so happy that President Biden is doing such a great job with the economy because gas prices are through the roof in Oregon. We're still in Montana. We're at 419 and you guys are at 519. So it's all those extra gas taxes that Kate Brown and those lawmakers keep tacking on anytime they want a special project. But some of you voted for, not me. But here's the thing. Did you see where the Dow dropped 1,100 points, the worst that it's been since 2020? Build back better. <laughs> Bill London, what do you think of that build back better plan now? Oh, yeah, that's working really well. And let's remember that all of this is the Russians' fault. Yeah, yeah, or COVID. We're still blaming COVID um, right. for, for the whole thing. And it just, it, it's driving me nuts because I still, I've talked to people and they still, that, that are diehards, they still support him, say it's not his fault. I'm going, hey, he's the commander in chief and we're going down the toilet and it came on his watch. How is that the fault of the previous administration? I, I don't understand how that happens. And it's like, I guess if you voted for him and and you were, a, you know, you, you, you made that kind of mistake that, you know, it's destroying the country right now. I guess it would be hard to fess up and say, yeah, I was one of those. Or you're going to be an apologist for him. Did you see the uh, it was a column a couple of days ago in the Wall Street or not the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post. And the columnist said that Biden needs to continue doing what he's doing to fight inflation, which is nothing. And that's that was a quote. Nothing no. needs to continue doing nothing, because if anybody tries to do anything, it's just going to make it worse. So he needs to continue doing nothing and that he was actually doing a great job because he was doing nothing. Well, Mike, How's that for an apologist. Mike Higgins comes on. He says it's Bush's fault. <laughs> he's being he's being facetious. I know Mike. So he's just saying that's the first Bush, by the way. Yeah, you Bush. You blame everything on Bush. So, so Bill, I want I had you on today because I want you to talk to the audience about the election and what we've got. So we know that you talked with the the two top Republicans, Bob Tiernan, Christine Drazen, and you talked to Bob this morning. Tell people what mm -hmm. was going on. Uh, well, at least as far as that, Bob uh, here about, I think, two hours ago conceded. And he was down by about five points. And when I talked to him this morning at about 11 o'clock, he said that he was still in it as far as he was concerned. So what happened between 11 and you know 2.30 or so? Uh, is anybody's guess, because when he sent out the press release, he didn't say he was gracious about it and said, you know, I now support Christine Drazen, go team, rah, rah, rah. And so he's essentially dropped out. I'm surprised um, be for a number of reasons, but it does still surprise me. Um, if you want to know my actual thought, how real can we get here? You can get super real, Bill, because I mean, okay. you can you can even say okay. the F word if you want. Okay. Well, no, I'm not going to say the F word. I'm going to say the clusterfuck word. So, <laughs> Wait, I think those are two separate words. <laughs> no, no, that's a compound word. It's a compound <laughs> word. Um, I, 
I never thought, you know, I used to say this about somebody I knew. I would always say, you know, he can't do anything any dumber. He has hit the apex. And sure enough, Oregon manages to top itself with uh, our primary. Um, you take a look at what happened in Clackamas County. Oh, take well, a come on. I mean, really, like, like you know, and I see uh, Fagan's little thing. Oh, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Well, how did that happen in the first place? I mean, how come stuff like this didn't happen for, for years? You didn't hear about this kind of thing for years. But now all of a sudden, it's just... Go ahead. Your opinion. I'm sorry. Oh, anyway, okay. So you have what happened in Clackamas County, and those were the smeared barcodes. You had the Secretary of State, who is in charge of elections here in the state, last week saying, "Oh, that's not going to be a problem because we can still run those through the machines and they'll still be counted." Said that multiple times at several press conferences to multiple reporters, and then somebody went to her and said, "You can't do that." So then the next day, she sends out very quietly, like a two sentence uh, press release that says we, we were wrong on that. that They will have to be hand counted. Then last night, she's all miffed because the ballots from Clackamas County are coming in slow because they can't start counting ballots until eight o'clock. And all of those ballots have to be transferred by hand to another ballot, double checked by somebody else from another party, and then they run them through the machine like this is a big surprise. And she was complaining, well, we offered this, my office offered staff and personnel to help out with this. Okay, I'm the, the Clackamas County clerk. And last week, I find out the Secretary of State doesn't even know how ballots are counted. So, oh yeah, I want your help. Thanks, yeah, come on in. Let's just make it all worse for everybody. So she so, throws you know, the Clackamas County's elections clerk under her bus that she's driving, and and then and then basically backs up and goes back and forth on top of her. What what a now look at the scene of work. Um, okay, so you have that. Then in 2021, the Democratic-led legislature decided to change the law, saying, "Okay, as long as you get your ballot postmarked by 8 p.m. on election day." we're still going to count it for at least seven days. So the ballots have seven days to get there. Well, we know that yesterday there was an influx, at least at ballot boxes, a big influx of ballots. We can probably assume a lot of those ended up as well in the mail. So it's and in close races and there's a number of them i mean locally here we've got a couple of races that are just one percentage point and you know 100 votes uh between the two candidates one of them's for a, a county board of commissioners in lane county is that dave lovell and bernie uh dave yeah dave lovell and joe bernie uh they blew that up so there's the confusion that is surrounding that and you've got Clackamas County, Marion County. Now, I've seen nothing reported about this, but I've heard it from two separate candidates, Mark Thielman and Bob Tiernan, that Marion County was having issues last night counting the ballots and uh, getting them forwarded to the Secretary of State. 
I have looked all day and tried to find out information about it, but but two of them said the exact same thing. So I'm going to say, you know, there's your two sources uh, that, you know, something screwy was going on there. And I imagine there's probably a lot more that we didn't know. So, Bill, I, yeah, so now if we even talk about this, is it going to be the, the whole national thing like, oh, this is, you know, here, election fraud. You can't talk about that. It's, you know, this is now you guys are conspiracy theorists. They throw the same bullshit out. But we have some obviously some real problems here in Oregon um, with this system, and it's not working. Well, what I find interesting is the way that uh, those in charge minimize that whole issue of, you know, people concerned about voter fraud and make it seem like that, uh, you know, people really don't feel that way. It's just the conspiracy theorists. I thought here a couple of months ago, I had come across a poll dealing with voter fraud here in Oregon. I found it. And this was done by DHM. And DHM is a well-known polling firm in Oregon. And they've been around for years. They've got a good reputation. They're fairly reliable in terms of what they do, the methodology and the like. And they asked of six, and this was just like a month and a half ago. They asked 600 Oregon voters, likely Oregon voters, Republicans and Democrats. All right. So it wasn't just Republicans. And they asked them how concerned they were about voter fraud. And they could answer either they think it's very serious, somewhat serious, not too serious, not serious at all, or don't know. 41%, 41% said they thought the issue of voter fraud in Oregon was very serious. 11% said somewhat serious. So that's what 52% of Oregon voters, give or take in this poll, had plus or minus three percentage points. So say 50% almost of Oregonians believe that there is a problem with voter fraud here in the state. And if they think that this isn't going to make it worse, all things considered, and a week from now, when all of these other ballots get counted, um, and if there's big changes, you no. can bet people are going to be up in arms. They better be. They better be. So how come none of the media, I haven't heard any of those statistics you just gave us. Where was that study? That was done by DHM here in Oregon about a month and a half ago. And oddly enough, it was uh, done on behalf of Oregon Public Broadcasting. And did we hear the results of that anywhere? Uh, not that part of the survey. Huh. I never did. So Bill, I had here's, come the other, across here's the other thing I never heard about till you mentioned it yesterday on the show. When did the legislature decide that for decades we've had a deadline of eight o'clock oh. at night, ballots have to be turned in, no postmark, it has to be in by that time. And they conveniently change that on a whim that they think is gonna get more people to vote. You know what bugs me about this? We already have a problem in our culture with people not showing up to work on time, not making deadlines. Kids in school now, you don't have to have a deadline. Remember when we had, to, if you didn't get your paper in on time, it was over. So then they go to work and they're shitty employees because they don't show up on time or they just, oh, I decided not to come to work today. And we don't 
don't understand why we have a problem. Now we water down the process for even voting to it's like we need to make this more convenient. No, you have a fucking deadline. It's eight o'clock on Election Day, and that's when it has to be in. You don't get to hedge on that. And why does the legislature get to change that and not the voters of Oregon? Shouldn't that be up to us to decide what we're going to do with that? Not the Oregon legislature. You would think that it would have been a referral. But no, they decide. Well, when you've got a supermajority and the governor is of your party of the supermajority, you can do whatever you want. The other thing that they changed was is made it easier for what they would call mules to go out and collect ballots from people. And that's not a problem anywhere in the country. (laughs) No. And that was something that is now codified in Oregon law that, yeah, you can do that. A third party can walk up to your door and say, hey, um, we noted that you haven't turned your ballot in yet. If you've got that filled out, I'll take it down and turn it in for you. Oh, okay. And you can hand them your ballot and they walk away with it. Okay, Bill, hold your thought because I'm going to come back to you. I got to run a commercial and I'll be right back. Okay. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Derek Roser here. We're on our weekly taco tour at Tacovore. I'm having a pulled pork taco actually no this is a carne asada taco this is awesome it's really good obviously you can see i've taken one bite out of it i'm going to give you my sound bite for the day there we go the sound hey, bite. people are asking me is the market going to collapse i just say no the market's not going to collapse anytime soon if you're interested in knowing why give me a call and i'll tell you happy to fill you in have a great day all right derek roser one of our sponsors Derek roser real estate group if you guys have any questions, the market better not drop. I'm buying a house right now. <laughs> yeah, this would be a bad time for that to happen. Like yeah. there's a good time for the market to collapse. Right. So, Bill, other impressions you have from the election. Lots of people are writing in. Oh, somebody says, I didn't, I know no one who voted for Drazen, yet here we are. And now Betsy will split the vote and hand the governor to Kotex. What do you think is, um, so a lot of people don't understand why I had people writing me. How come Betsy Johnson's not on the ballot? Um, you know, it's because we have a closed primary, because right now the Democrats yeah. and Republicans allow all of our non-affiliated voters like me to pay for their election when actually they should be paying for it themselves or open it up to everybody or else get the hell out of here. But right now, that's not the system. So Betsy has to get signatures starting now um, yeah. I would guess, and then she can get on the ballot. Well, okay. So going to the the comment, I don't know anybody who voted for Drazen. Keep in mind, she only had something like 23% of the vote. 23%. So, and you know, I mean, the the Republicans had a huge list of people that were running to be governor. So she only had something like, last I looked, it was 20, I think 24% uh, of the Republican vote went for her. So there's a very good chance you don't know anybody who voted for Drazen. I mean, there's there's a, a three in four chance that you don't know anybody that voted for Christine Drazen. And uh, but, can you can you write you her can, in though? You can write her in, but it's not it doesn't do any good. No. Um, so it's really kind of worthless um, to do. But yeah, and and what do you, okay, Bill? So what do you think? Let's say Betsy gets those signatures, and so now it's Betsy Drazen. And Kotek, what do you, what, what's that matchup going to look like? 
That is the million dollar question. I asked Bob Tiernan when I talked to him, uh, I said, you know, okay, so Betsy Johnson, who's she going to siphon votes from? Is it going to be the Republicans or is it going to be the Democrats? What, what do you think? Now, mind you, he's a Republican and he's rah, rah, go team. He thinks it's going to be from the Democrats. I have a sneaking suspicion that um, it's probably going to hurt the Republicans worse than it does the Democrats. And my my reason for saying that is because watching this for a number of years, to me, the Democrats feel very much more tribal than a lot of times than the Republicans are. Right. And so it's either, you know, you're part of us or you're not. And if you're not, we don't want anything to do with you. Right. Um, and so, I think there's a lot of people like Kotek and Kate Brown and, and people that Betsy has really stepped on their toes. And, and, what, and, and they are, when they are that tribal, it's vicious. And she knew, Betsy uh -huh. knew, she told me, getting into this, she knew they'd come after her. And the unions will be after her. The ads attacks are going to be after her. Um, but there's also, I get a lot of Republicans, and I think they're wrong, but they come on and say, I'm, I'd never vote for a Democrat because she voted for this, this, and this. Well, to me, your best shot at any kind of change in this state, you're going to get Kotek if you don't vote for Brett, Betsy Johnson. My opinion, Rick Dancer's opinion, because I don't think a Republican stands a chance in hell of winning. Um, we haven't had anybody for 40 years. I are sick of what happened, but I don't know that people have gotten to a point where they are going to, they, they still vote party. And I think people still have that. If I feel safe voting for my party. And I think, um, you know, the definition of insanity is you continue to do the same thing over and over again. And, and Republicans have been doing the same thing over and over again. And there hasn't been anybody in the governor's seat for 40 years. But my opinion, what's interesting is how many Republicans that you'll hear that will triangulate this and say, you know, I I think I'm going to vote for Johnson. Um, you look at some of the money that she's raking in from folks that typically give money to Republicans, and they've been pouring it into Betsy Johnson's campaign. That's true. I, um, I, I you know, with all due respect to Bob Tiernan, I think it's going to come at the the uh, expense of the Republicans more so than the Democrats. Of course, you know, we won't know until it actually happens, but that's kind of my theory on it. I want to mention one thing because you brought up the closed primaries. So a big deal was made here, I don't know, a month or so ago about there being more unaffiliated registered voters than uh, Democrats, than, than Democrats. And I have been quizzing this for a long time. And that is, okay, are these people unaffiliated because they're just disaffected with both of the major political parties or do they just not give a shit? And they are planning on voting anyways, because if you get a driver's license here in the state of Oregon, you're automatically registered to vote. Right. I would like to know how many of those people, those unaffiliated, really have any interest whatsoever in voting. I can tell you that from the ballots that have been counted so far, that 44.9% um, of the registered Democrats 
here in the state of Oregon voted. 47% of Republicans registered to vote voted. Of the unaffiliated, 13.1% voted. Now you can make an argument that, well, it's because they don't have anything to vote for, but that's not true. You have county commission races, which you could argue are just as important, if not more so than some of the other campaigns. Um, And, you know, local money issues and a variety of things. Only 13.1% of unaffiliated even bothered to cast a ballot. They still get ballots. And 13.1% did. It'll be interesting when we get to the general where everybody gets the same ballot to see what they do. But I'm thinking uh, this idea of I'm going to garner all of this support from the unaffiliated um, is fool's gold. The other thing I found really interesting is that number of the unaffiliated outnumbering the Democrats. According to the Secretary of State's website today, there's 1,014,137 registered Democrats in Oregon, but 1,009,079 unaffiliated. So if the previous numbers were true, uh, where'd this extra 5,000 Democrats come from? You know, Bill, what I think is funny, and I I think this is true, um, but... Kate Brown, when she was secretary of state, pushed this motor voter bullshit so that anybody that went into DMV, here's the here's the we're going to sign you up. So she almost created her own problem because now all these people, there's a lot of people I think go in there. And if you don't pick a party, they just put you as non-affiliated. So these are people that don't give a shit. They're not going to vote. Not all of them, but a lot of them don't care. They're not going to vote, but you're forcing them on the voter rolls. So you're watering down this whole system. And it was all done to just get more people in to make it look like we want to make sure every person, you know, for me, Bill, honestly, the older I get, if you're uneducated and you don't know anything about the candidates, I don't want you to vote. I don't want people. (laughs) I don't want people going on there and going, oh, that sounds this is Oregon. That sounds happy and good. It sounds like a good thing. Let's legalize methamphetamine and other drugs because they told me on the commercial on TV that that would help these people get better. Nobody talked about the fact that it was going to lure all these homeless people and transients into Oregon uh, because, hey, it's Club Med. We're like tourism for the homeless. We can come here and get free medical care. We can get all the drugs we want. We won't get busted for it. I mean, were people not thinking? So I don't want uneducated voters voting in Oregon. And, and if they don't know the candidate, oh, that's a cool name. Tina Kotek, that's a really cool name. I'm going to vote for her. Or wait, oh, he's kind of handsome. She's pretty. I mean, God, we need people who are really looking at these people and saying, what did they do? What are they doing? And what will they do for the state of Oregon? I think also, Bill, what we need is somebody for governor who doesn't want to be governor, but wants to lead Oregon, that wants to be a leader not that wants to be governor. And that to me is honestly, that's why I support Betsy Johnson. I think she really could give a shit about being governor um, because she's, she could have done this a long time ago. Yeah. And she, and I really believe her honest. I mean, you know, I'm not a Catholic, but I believe her when she says 
Um, because she, I ask, I've been bugging her for years to run. I go, you'd be great. You're so, you just say shit and you say things that you want to say. People will love you. And she go, I'm not going to run. I'm not a dancer. You know, they'll tear me apart. And I think she really is doing this to keep Tina Kotek out of that office because, and she says that, and I take, I take it for her word. I think she means it. I think she thinks that's a scary thing that's going to happen if Tina Kotek is the governor of Oregon. You think Kate Brown was bad? This is Kate Brown two one zero. She said she said in a statement last night. She sent out a a, a quick statement that, and I don't know, I don't have it here in my stack, um, where she essentially said she, uh, about Tina Kotek that she's more Kate Brown than Kate Brown is. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. So Bill, hold that thought. I got a couple more commercials here. I got to run. Okay. So sure. hang in just a second. This changes people's lives. Don't you? Oh, I know it. I know it does. It's uh, and I'm up front. I'm very transparent. Owning a business is hard work. Like if you, if you don't have it in you, like I'll even say maybe buying a business is not for you and that's okay. Entrepreneurship is hard. It's the, it's where all the metaphors come from the grit bootstrapping, like all that stuff comes from, you know, running a business. You, you, you can't, but when, you it, know, but when it works. Yeah. When it works and more often it works than doesn't, especially if you buy an existing business and, we kind of go through it. We'll have a training process, everything like that. Even the sellers care about their baby that they've worked on. They'll make sure you're successful before they give you complete reign and not, they're not going to let you fall on your face. This is Dr. Michael Brown with Chris Dental. Oregonians allowed the lockdowns to remain in effect for two long years. Two years. We allowed government officials to dictate what we put on our face and what we put on our bodies with little opposition and not enough questions. Why do I bring this up now? Because trust me, they will bring back masks next winter after the elections. Next time, don't be complacent. Actually follow the science and let your voices be heard. Next time, stand up to these power-hungry politicians. I love that commercial because he is so right. It's like, you know, I, I'm hearing already talk, you know, that um, a lot of school kids are getting COVID. And it's pretty mild from most of the people I'm talking with. It's like a cold. And but there's, you know, grumblings in Portland. Teachers are talking and saying that there's talk of of, um, you know, more um, at home learning and all this kind of stuff. And I sure. think if people and then I would say this on both sides, if people want at home learning or don't want at home learning, now is the time to call your school board and start complaining, start saying, here's what I want. Because if you let this go till they make a decision, I think they're feeling people out to see what they think. And um, you, you can't lock down the culture again, especially right now when we're he headed towards a recession. So it looks the stock market drops eleven hundred points. Gas prices are five nineteen in Oregon. Um, I don't think this is a time when you want to lock down again for a, for what is looking like it's not a big death rate. It's a cold. Yeah. Um, one Any other, other thing. Stuff? Oh well, yeah. Where the. Uh... You know, this this whole idea of this, what I'm just calling the slow count, which is the mail-in ballots. And the thing in Clackamas County, I just, when you were at, at break there, I was looking at this. Clackamas County officials say at this point, they will not be able to finish counting the votes they have until likely next week. And that leaves completely up in the air the 5th Congressional District, where Kurt Schrader 
for the first time ever, um, had somebody, a, a Democrat competing against him and who, at least at this point, because Clackamas um, has been completely held out of the vote because they haven't been able to turn anything in, Jamie McLeod Skinner, based on the numbers from the other areas that could actually send ballots in, um, is leading him. And it also affects the 6th Congressional District. That's the new one because they all pull in chunks of Clackamas County. So those two congressional races right now, pretty much, even with Kurt Schrader trailing Jamie McLeod Skinner 61 to 39%, Nobody is willing to call it just simply because of Clackamas and the outstanding votes that haven't been mailed in. You would think, man, that's a blowout. And it's like too many votes. Clackamas County is the third largest county in the state, the third uh, most populous county in the state. So for for Jamie McLeod um, Skinner to come out and do this, I remember I know her because her partner is a friend of mine from Eugene. And then she was running for... Uh, something else because I saw it at an event in Lakeview. Um, God, this is a few years ago. And she was just kind of, and I don't mean this in a derogatory, just kind of a nobody, but she was really good on the trail. She's very good at associating with people and, and asking questions. And and then she comes in and to do that to Kurt Schrader and have not a lot of experience. She's, I mean, she has been in a major race before, but she's doing a good job. I mean, if she can kind of kick his ass that way, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, consider it. Well, and it also goes to show you that Joe Biden's coattails are not very long, because if you recall, Joe Biden endorsed him yeah. and said, yeah, he's Kurt, Kurt Star, Kurt's the man. Schrader's the man. Vote for Kurt Schrader. So look ahead to November. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I mean, just just, you know, I'm not looking for predictions, but do you think that Biden continuing to drive people and especially you know, well, I know his diehard Democrat base that can't ever, they don't even know there's another color besides blue, can't admit that he's fucking up royal. But there's a whole bunch of other people who are, you know, struggling. The people they supposedly want to support, the poor, the middle class, who are, who, it's not the rich who are suffering with this, the losses at the stock market and housing prices going up. Rich people don't worry about putting gas in their car. They're not going to go, oh, it's how much? You know, the people that are hurting is you, me, and the low income folks, the very people that they say they're trying to help. How much do you think that's going to, do you think people are just going to forgive it and forget? Or do you think they'll actually go to the ballot box and say, screw you? I think they're going to do what they always do. I do too. And it's, I think they're going to, I think they're going to, all the incumbents, they're going to vote for, which means you're going to have a super majority in the legislature again. And likely Tina Kotek is going to be the next governor of Oregon. I don't see Oregonians doing anything different than they have ever done. They didn't do any, they didn't do anything different. Actually, you could say that the liberals gained traction uh, during the great recession. They don't do anything different than they normally have done. And I see it this, you know, after the November election, we're going to be saying, oh, just what we had before. Nothing really has changed except in a few races, except in a few races where the incumbents decided they weren't going to run again. I honestly believe that's the case. I do. You know, honestly, Bill, and I try to be positive, but I have so many people come on and say, you know, voting is just is 
just I don't even think it helps anymore. And because Oregon is so far off and 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 I think a lot of people don't care if voices aren't heard. They have an agenda. They believe they're right. And they believe that they're going to shove this down people's throat, even if people in other parts of the state don't agree with them. They don't care. I mean, when I talk about rural Oregonians and what they think, I get messages from people in in the urban places saying if they don't like it, they can go away. Well, excuse me, asshole. You moved here from California. Their families have been here for 200 years. And that's your attitude, not that maybe they have a point or maybe there's something they need to talk about. You know, I mean, that is what drives me crazy is the arrogance um, of people coming on and not even listen, not even caring anymore if they have a dialogue with people who disagree with them. It's unbelievable. And like you, I don't think it's going to change. And that's why Kathy and I moved to Montana. People go, you, you're not helping and staying and fighting. Well, you know, there comes a point after you've covered this for 30 years in the news business and you've watched it go like this, that you go, you know what? I need to go someplace where people listen to me and where we have open dialogue and conversation and you find it. Um, so yeah, I don't mean, I, I do think Betsy is Oregon's best hope, but I still think there's too many diehard Democrats and diehard Republicans who are going to stand back and say, nope, I'm not doing it. She screwed us. Or the Republicans are say she voted for cap and trade, which she didn't, or she voted for this, or she voted for that. And I'm going to hold that against her. And it's there instead of opening doors, they're going to just continue to, to close them. Yep. I would agree. I think, like I said, it's going to be same old, same old. That's my thought. And and the piecing together, you see little bits of hope, you know, where people are come into the county position or somebody gets in there and that's great. But it's when you have a majority of people on a board or the majority of the people in the city council, Mike Clark can't change the city of Eugene by himself. And so until people believe in balance and saying, hey, we need to have three and three or two and three or something so we have some kind of balance, and it's going to take guts to do that. And I don't think people have the, 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 the guts to do that, to really try to see what are we going to do you know, for all of Oregon, for all of Eugene. Um, and I sure as hell hope this doesn't happen in America again, where it's like you know, messaging, messaging, messaging. We have no critical thinking and we have lots of public relations. You mentioned public relations. Uh, this was several years ago. I was looking at uh, city employees in Eugene and every single freaking department has at least one, if not multiple PR people dealing with it, whether it's public works, you would expect the police department because they're busy, but they all have a PR person. Right. Every single one of them has a PR person. Why does public works need to have two PR people? Um, you, you look at it and go, yeah, it's all about spin. It's all about protecting the beast. Yep. And until people who pay those bills uh, stand up to it, um, it's not going to change. Bill, thank you so much for doing this tonight. People are coming on here going, I like the Rick and Bill show. This is fun. Um, your knowledge, you know, I used to tell you this all the time. You were the guy who asked the hard questions. And when I needed help a couple of days ago, um, looking up some information, first person I call is Bill. He helps me out because I'm not as connected as I used to be. And he knows how to find that stuff. And so we do appreciate you. And we love having you on the show. Um, Thanks, Rick. And, so it's good. It's good having you along and people like you. <laughs> All right, man. Okay. Well, I'm not doing my job. 
no, yeah, you just need to be an asshole. I think I got yeah. all my breaks in there. You guys, um, we did have a story on the Butte Mines that I was going to air tonight, but we went over because I thought this was better and to do it. So we will air the, the Butte Mine story tomorrow along with we're going to be at the world's. I have to read this because I can't remember it. The world famous bucking horse sale in Miles City, Montana, um, which is almost to the North Dakota border. Um, so we are, Kathy and I will be traveling over there tomorrow. And then the week after that, we're going to be in Glendive. We're going to be all over Montana. So you guys will be seeing a lot more of it. Um, Bill, thanks again, buddy. Yeah. And I just want to know if you get a good deal on bucking horses, you get a two for one or something like that. Yeah, I'll take the one. You'll be the first person I'll think of. You live yeah. in Philomath. Hey, you live in Philomath, right? Yeah. We just picked up a new client. The Cameron family wine winery is going to be one of our new clients coming in in, in June. Nice. Um, she heard what we do. She loves you. She listens to us on a podcast and she called up and said, how do I support what you guys are doing and get some attention for my business? And I said, so I put Tim on her and Tim's talking to her and uh, they're going to be a new sponsor. And I, she knew who you are. She goes, oh yeah, he's been in here. So she knew who you guys were and listens to us. And so I want to thank you because I think you helped seal the deal, mister. Oh, cool. Well, hey, any free wine you want to send this way. <laughs> They they can't do that. But we can we can work behind the scenes or something. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't I can't openly ask no. for free wine. Don't don't send the free wine. Yeah, don't no. don't Bill send it. Never ask Just for free wine. Leave it on the porch. Just leave <laughs> it on the porch. All right, Bill. See you later. <laughs> All right, Bill London. Yeah, what would we do without him? Um, one person still left in Oregon who's doing hard news. Um, everybody else has turned into pedal pushers. You ever watch the morning news like CBS or something like that? When I'm at the gym, sometimes it's up there and I'm going, oh my God, is this the best you people can do? It doesn't work. Um, so anyway, we will have that mining story again. And yeah, you know, don't mean to, we don't mean to be uh, down on Oregon, but I think it hasn't gotten rock bottom hard enough for a majority of the people in the state of Oregon to climb out of the hole and say, this isn't working for everybody. Um, and we need to get all voices involved in the conversation. So keep trying though. We'll keep, and we'll keep pushing them. All right. Share this on your page, share it with your friends, put it on your page. You never know who's going to see it. Have a great night. And we will be here tomorrow night live from Miles City, Montana. See you later.